Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.wordpress.com. Hello everyone, welcome to the podcast. This episode is all about the story of a hardcore punk rock band from London. Listen and you'll hear an interview with the band members as they talk about how the band started, their influences and what caused the band eventually to end. The band is called Salvo. They started in London in 2002, playing gigs in London, Oxford and Manchester before breaking up four years later. This interview was done recently. For the first time in years, most of the members of the group were all in the same room at the same time, so I had to take the opportunity to interview them for Luke's English podcast. The members of this band are all my friends. I know most of them from my days at Sixth Form College when I was a teenager. One of them is my brother James. I was also a member of the band for a year or two. The style of music is a little bit hard to categorise. It's hard fast guitar rock. It's pretty hardcore, but quite catchy too. You can make up your own mind about the music, as you'll hear some of it during the interview. If you want to hear more of the music, you can check out the SoundCloud page for Salvo by visiting the website. This is an authentic recording. No one is really grading their English. They're speaking in the same way that they speak to their friends. The recording took place after a music session in a studio and a short beer-drinking session in the pub. What you'll hear is natural British English, as it really is spoken, in this case by a group of friends who used to be in a band together, sharing some memories over a few beers. Just before we start, I'd like to say a few things about learning English. What's the best way to learn English? Well, people always say that you learn most when you socialise with native speakers. It's really hard to do it, because you don't understand everything and sometimes you get lost and feel confused and frustrated. You know, but that's, that confusing feeling is normal. It's a normal part of the learning process. It means that your brain is processing a lot of information. In this case, it's struggling to deal with words, accents, phrases or pronunciation that you're not familiar with. It's a challenge to understand native speakers talking naturally in a social situation, especially if they're good friends who know each other well. But challenges are an important part of learning English. What is challenging now becomes less challenging in time as you gradually learn more and work out what people are saying. Remember, it's in these challenging situations, like when you're listening to native speakers, that you really learn the most. It feels difficult, but that's the feeling of your brain trying to work it out and, as a result, learning and improving. So listen to native speakers talking naturally. It's one of the best ways to improve. Of course, you can do that with Luke's English Podcast. I present things to you, like interviews or recordings, because I personally believe in them, find them extraordinary or touching, and hope that you will too. Hopefully, this personal connection makes the podcast more engaging and, as a result, 
a more effective way to improve your English. Basically, I just want to keep you locked in to listening to natural English, even though it's difficult, because I know that ultimately it's beneficial for your English. So, what am I going to present to you this time? Well, how about the story of a real rock band from London? It's also a genuine story of rock and roll and friendship, told by the people who actually experienced it. That's what you can hear in this episode. The interview was recorded at a friend's house on a Saturday evening in South London. Please be aware that there are some rude swear words used, but that's normal. After all, it is rock and roll. So, just a few weeks ago, when I realised that the members of Salvo were going to reunite in the studio for the first time in over six years, well, needless to say, I jumped at the chance to record a podcast episode about it. In this documentary, or if you will, rockumentary, um, I wanted to capture the songs, the sounds, the smells of a hard-working rock band sitting in a room together talking crap. And I got that. But I got more. A lot more. But hey, enough of my yakking. What do you say? Let's boogie. to Luke's English Podcast. Live on Luke.Pontitra.com Have you got a jingle? If you haven't, you got one now. Just the right Okay, shh. Nice jingle. That amazing piece of music which you just heard was uh, a demo of uh, an incredible band called Salvo. And I'm here with some of, not all of the members, but some of the principal members of that band. And I'm now going to interview them and find out the details and the history of this really earth-shattering, epoch-making moment in culture. Uh, I've got the members of the band with me. I'm going to basically introduce you to them first. We're going to find out who they are. We're going to find out about the history of this this group, uh, and uh, I'm sure you're going to find it fascinating and rewarding to listen to. So I've got four people in front of me. On my left, I have Aaron. Then I've Hi. got hello, Aaron. Hi, hello, Chris. Hi, Matt. Hello, Jim. Hello, and uh, me, who you know already. After I was also in the band. I, w- I was in the band too. Yeah. So let's start with Aaron on my left. <coughs> <coughs> All right. Hello, hi, my name's Aaron. How are you? Very well, thank you. I'm doing very well. Good, yeah. good. So, um, let's see, what did you do in the group? Um, I played bass and uh, sang, did vocals in the group. Okay. Played bass and sang. Okay, and... Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't call it singing, really, but, you know, I did vocal bits. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, so were you one of the uh, original members? Uh, yes, yeah. Um, back in I believe it was 2002 2002 
2002 is when Salvo started. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. So you were the bass player and one of the vocalists. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. So let's. Should we move I, over? You could call me principal songwriter. Yes. If you really want to go with a, a label. How many How many songwriters were there in the, in this band? There were two. There were two dedicated songwriters. Okay. Um, so you were one of them. Yes. Yeah. And who was the other one? Uh, Chris King, who's on my left. Okay. So let's. Shall we move over to Chris? Yeah. Hi, Chris. Hi. <laughs> So, uh, Chris, what did you do in the group? Uh, I, 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 um, I played guitar and I sang, and um, as Aaron said, I wrote some of the songs as well. Okay. So, right. um, I wasn't there from the very beginning. Really? I was almost there from the beginning. When, very beginning. When did you arrive? Uh, about a month or so after the, the band began. Um, basically, I started. Uh, working, I was working at the same place as Aaron, <coughs> and um, and he started okay. he started a band, and uh, and after I think he had a couple of practices with uh, an old friend of his, Dave was the drummer, and um, so they had a couple of practices, and then I came along to one, and um, after that, I was in the band. So um, how did you yeah. how did you join? Because Aaron and Dave were already yeah so no his... no no basically I think what happened is Aaron and Aaron actually we we'd all we'd been talking about it for a while at, at work and Aaron had a practice with Dave and another guy who we worked with well it's me Dave and this guy called Ollie who um, just getting back to that when Chris joined um, Chris came down for a practice and Ollie had been uh, sort of you know taking his top off. Like when it was still quite warm, not even like warm in the room, just taking his top off and playing with his top off and his little skinny torso and his guitar and really playing really badly. And then Chris came down and Ollie actually um, uh, uh, proposed himself, you know, he offered himself forward to, to leave the band because once he heard, you know, Chris play, he realised it was a little bit out of his depth and, uh, yeah. and went off to sort of read poetry in pubs. Okay, uh, and that's what he ended up. So, doing. so Ollie, Ollie decided. Uh, wait a minute, just going back to this fact, you said that he used to play with no top on. So, did you not like that? Did you didn't you didn't like the fact that he played without his Why top are you on? Such a homophobe. <laughs> I don't. I'm just curious to find out about that. Well, it wasn't so much that you know playing with your without your top on is a, a bad thing. It's like if you just got into a practice room and it's not that hot. Why would be, why would taking your t-shirt off be the first thing you'd do? Chris, I, I never. I have to say, I never saw that, but I, it doesn't surprise me. But um, um, okay, yeah. So then I, I came along, and um, and things, you know, things, the reason you thing, know, things went, you know, to, to, no, no, into a, you know, a, you know, became a we became a band. I feel, uh, you know, once yeah. I joined, uh, there was myself and Aaron and Dave and we started to write some songs and that was kind of the beginning of, of Salvo although <coughs> we we weren't we, we, we took a while to find that name so Salvo let me ask you, ask you we're about not the, we're not at the Salvo level yet If in the, in the story of Salvo so we're, we're nowhere near no, the, we still, the, the no. name Salvo I can't talk about the story of the name yet okay we'll no. come to the name in, in a moment so oh. alright so can we can we um, can I ask you what, what happened how did Dave Come to leave the group. So, how many gigs did you do before Dave left, Chris? We did one gig. Uh, we did one gig, and our first gig was, I believe, the first of April, um, two thousand and 
2003. No, um, it would have been 2002. No, wouldn't it? it was 2003. Oh, for a long really? Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. So yeah, we, we you know we sort of started in the summer-ish of 2002. And you know we practiced and we practiced, but we you know we didn't we didn't practice well, a hell of, hell of a lot, you know. So mm. you know it took a while for us to get enough songs to do a gig. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but by the end of it, our first gig was actually in um, yeah, Tatty Boggles in or just off Carnaby Street, and it was the first of April, two thousand and three. We did uh, yeah, so yeah, okay. we did one gig with with Dave and. Under the name Resurrect Kid, Re- well, Resurrect yeah. Kid, right? That was the yeah. first name. Yeah, how was the, from, uh, how was the gig? Was it a good gig? Aaron? It was great fun. Yeah, it was really good. Okay, All right. Can I just ask you how would you describe the uh, sound of the band? What what kind of music was it? Let me ask uh, Aaron first. I think it was stadium punk. Right, <laughs> stadium was, punk. So that's yeah. like a cross between punk music and stadium rock, yeah. isn't it? So that, I think that's the sound that personally I was going for was. Um, you know, pseudo politic political stadium hardcore punk. Okay. What kind of bands were you influenced by? I was very very into Fugazi at the time. Uh, I very much you know liked uh, Bad Brains and uh, quite a lot of old British uh, obscure punk like Doctor and the Crippins mm-hmm. and um, you know bands like Seven Seconds and. Uh, Dead Kennedys. Okay. And so that's the kind of sound that I wanted to kind of uh, make. So, okay, it's so like, it's kind of punk, isn't it, right? Basically not, punk music, but... But in a stadium. Okay. All right, thank you. Uh, Chris, uh, how would you describe the, the sound of, of Salvo? I mean, I had a really sort of pop influence. So, I mean, I was sort of brought up on sort of Britpop bands and sort of, you know... UK 90s stuff and also I mean a massive influence for me was like stuff like Nirvana and uh, you know and grunge East stuff and I think you can hear that in our early tracks but I mean you know as we worked together as a band we sort of I think we sort of fed off each other's influences and you know I I, I definitely picked up stuff from Aaron and from Dave a couple of injections when you say that you picked stuff up from them you, you mean your musical influences and not diseases, diseases. right okay um, okay can I, can I <laughs> obviously yes of course yes yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, no. But that, I'm just explaining why yeah. everyone was laughing at that. Because uh, they're idiots. Because they're and Cause because they're idiots. Stuff up yeah. off someone mean, yeah. can mean you picked up of a disease off them. Yeah. As well as you picked off picked up some music influences. Pick, All right. Pick up can okay, mean so many you, things. What's you know? What's so, in Chris's case? He what if you're both? He picked up both diseases and musical influences uh, together at the same time. He didn't really pick up diseases, listeners. Um, (laughs) As far as I know. As as far as I know, he didn't pick up any diseases, but he certainly picked up some musical influences and you kind of influenced each other. Um, You say that Dave left the band after one gig. Um, Can you you tell us why he left, Aaron? Well, he he moved out of London. He moved... uh, He was living in Bethnal Green with his girlfriend, now wife... Um, and uh, so they were yeah they were living in Bethnal Green in a little flat and they moved to Oxford so he had to leave the band and it was kind of sad at the time because he really wanted to be in a band and he initially tried to 
you know, arranged so that he could come to practices every weekend, but it just didn't work out. And okay. uh, and then he he went off and uh, stayed in Brighton for uh, sorry Oxford for a few years and, and, and moved on from there. Okay, um, and then so you were left without a drummer, and that is when my brother Jim Thompson James Thompson to his family. Mm-hmm. Um, why uh, why did James move and how did James move? Now you you were a friend. You knew James from. Uh, sixth form college back That's in right. Solihull. Yeah. So James, I think that it's probably a good time f- for you to enter the story. He's texting oh. at the moment. He's probably texting his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. You know, he keeps in touch. He, he, know, he lets her know what he's doing. Uh, but at the moment, he's involved in an interview on Luke's English podcast. And what could be more important than that? I wonder. Nothing. He, nothing. Clearly. Um, so, so James, how did you join Salvo? Uh, I think they said, "Do you want to come down and uh, play drums?" So I did. Yeah. So you already played drums, and how long had you been playing drums then? On and off for a few years. I probably started when I was about 16, and I played for about three or four years, and then I didn't play at all for, God, how many years? Ten years or something? I don't know, Sorry. James. How Only you can know what's in your own uh, history. Okay. Eight years then. Okay, I hadn't played drums in quite a long time, quite a yeah. few years, but okay. I picked it up where I left off. Okay, I see. Um, let's see. All right, so and what about, what about your musical influences? What kind of music were you into at the time? Well, I like lots of music, but drumming, I'm not the best drummer in the world, so I like to keep it quite simple. So I'm into bands that, or drummers rather, that play very solidly, but with a sort of passion as well with feeling so I like Paul Cook from Sex Pistols I like motorhead type drumming where it's very driving and quite simple Mm. Um, yeah anything really I like all sorts I like rock Black Sabbath as well and stuff so I just like to try and keep it it's it's better to play simply and not make a mistake than over play and fuck it up sorry I'll say that again that's alright better to overplay and mess it up so I'd like to try and keep it simple, which is quite hard sometimes, because sometimes you want to get carried away, but you have to tell yourself not to get carried away and keep in the groove. They asked you to come and, and play drums, um, and you, I expect you went down to a studio and started practising with them. And uh, what was it like? It was good fun, great fun. Good, good, good times. Um, band practice, normally you, you have like a couple of beers, but then within a week or so, that couple of beers has turned into a complete full-on session every binge, time you binge play drinking binge. Session. so you're always very drunk and um, funny lots of joking around and messing around and it's just a good good laugh before we listen to this I must now introduce uh, Matthew Brenner Martin into this uh, this amazing podcast that we're listening to now Matt you recorded their first uh, demo didn't you yeah I'm not really in the band but I was That's there and I recorded everything and yeah. you're kind of an honorary member of the band yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. well yeah so didn't didn't you record the first demo in your flat in your house parts of it yeah with my Spanish relatives there which was quite good fun for them Spanish relatives are you, yeah. are you you've got Spanish family yes and they were there do you remember when they were, they were listening while you guys were shouting no. in my flat my yeah, cousins briefly, and his, yeah. and they, popped, they popped in didn't they yeah but the process is you oh, record the drums on their own first we recorded the and tra- that's the hard bit is recording the drums Matt will know, will know more yeah, about this yeah um, I recorded the tracks in a very live live fashion uh, the way that the music sounds and the way it suits and then we recorded all the vocals in my house. 
Okay, so which you, is great for my neighbours. Did you have like a four track or a sixteen track recorder or something? I can't remember. Um, he was an eight track, wasn't he? No, it was. I had a sixteen track desk and a computer. Yeah. Okay, and yeah, and so you 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 recorded it, you engineered it, and you, did you mix it as well? Yeah. Okay. All right. I did. I produced it. Yeah. Entirely. And let's not forget, it was Matt's idea to record the band in the first place. We were just like bimbling along, doing a couple of gigs, and like Matt organised the whole thing, yeah. like the studio that we recorded the drums in, set everything up. We just stood around drinking, <laughs> went back to his flat. <laughs> Did the vocals in his kitchen, like played yeah. guitars and a bit of bass in That's the kitchen. It, yeah. And I think uh, I, I think on the night we we recorded it, we were going back to the tube station. We were quite pissed, of course. We we're going back to the we were Stoke Newington. We we're going to the train station, and then we kind of changed our minds, got some more beers, and went back and carried on recording and just kind of recorded into the night. Really, it was quite good. It was a good yeah. fucking fun fun thing. And uh, so I did the whole thing from start to finish. Yeah. We just drank and made noise. For like a few days. I, can, I, can, can, can I say I don't? I don't think it was just drinking and making noise. It I was. think actually you was you wrote songs and you practiced them very Indeed, hard. Yeah. You were quite hard working. Well, and, this is, this you, is the, um, you, you practiced hard and you constructed songs. Now Chris wants uh, to say something. Oh, we, I, just we, say I just drank and made noise. Okay, Aaron drank and made noise, it's and Chris uh, self-deprecating. That's a phrase. Self-deprecating, where you put down your achievements to make other people double them in praise. Uh, okay. All right, Chris. What did you want to say? <laughs> I was just going to say that yeah, we did we 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 did plan it in advance, and we did have, you know, what we did is we went in there, we went into a room, and we basically recorded drum tracks for about you know nine nine songs, um, and then what we did in the end is we went back and you know. We finished, you know, we 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 produced a we produced a four track demo, um, but yeah, there, there there were like nine nine tracks that we recorded together as a band, and, and they're still and there. They're still. I've got loads and loads of cuts that haven't been. Mixed we're just doing an anthology stuff. and release yeah. all, it's all the. It's all there. All the stuff. The Salvo anthology coming soon. You hear it, heard it here first. I I've recently gone. I've recently gone through a lot of our stuff. I've not got everything, but I've got as much as I have personally. And I've I've uploaded it onto the website because we used to have a website. We used to have a MySpace, but we don't. You know, no one. Yeah, MySpace. Remember yeah. MySpace. What, that was big for what, us. What happened with okay. MySpace? Gentlemen, please. I think it's time to I listen think, to a little bit of this demo that yeah. Matt recorded in his house we, all we those years say, ago. We all went out for uh, did a practice earlier, then went to the pub. We all had dinner except Chris. Do you think you might be more drunk than us? That's today. Me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, can I just assess the drunkenness of the room I'm, here? I'm fine. So Aaron, you seem to be okay. Uh, we well, maybe six and a half to seven on a drunken scale. Really? Out of really? what? Out of ten? Yeah. ten. That's quite ten drunk. Is unconscious, bear that in mind. No, I don't get, I don't do unconscious though, do I? <sighs> anyway, <sighs> what I was trying to say is, I was going to go back. Pre, um, pre demo, pre everything, and play Today. an old uh, yeah, rehearsal song that were recorded with Jim before he moved to New Zealand. So th this is this is the rawest salvo you're ever likely to hear. Okay, at at our drunken finest, um, when just... we when we hadn't really written any songs, to be honest, maybe two songs. So this is called "I Think I Can Lift It." Have you, do you remember? Does anyone remember? Oh, I this is very early. This is when does we. Does anyone remember? I, can, I think I can lift it. I didn't record this one, did I? No, this no, is this I'd is like this is recorded straight onto a tape deck. 
right live in a studio and it probably sounds terrible. I'd like this on record. This isn't my production. <laughs> Matt didn't do this one, right? <laughs> Can I just say I like it on record that Matt is playing lead guitar on this track? No. That was the first thing that you recorded, and Matt didn't record that, but someone else did. Um, was who was that singing? Or singing? I say singing, shouting, really, wasn't it? Who was that, Aaron? Oh, that was me uh, uh, on the vocals with Chris on, on ba- um, backing vocals on that. Yeah. Okay. But with that track, I mean that track was recorded. It's a very simple song. Um, I think the lyrics went. Uh, I think I can lift it, I think I can lift it, I think I can lift it, I can't, I've dropped it. I think I can fix it, I think I can fix it, I think I can fix it, I can't, I've fucked it. it. Okay, so yeah, it's it's a simple... I think I'm a genius, I think I'm a genius, I think I'm a genius, I'm not, I'm stupid. Okay. So those are the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah, but what you're saying, Matt didn't record it, it, I think I can fix it, I think I can fix it, I can't, I've fucked it. (laughs) Yeah, well, that was my favourite lyric. But, but, I think but listen, guys, 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 listen. The thing is, Matt might not have recorded it, but Matt was there. Matt played on that track. There was really? a list. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was a look, guys. There was a brief period where, <laughs> yeah, yeah, where Matt was going to join the band. You know, it wasn't just you know Matt. Matt recorded. Matt recorded our first demo, but also. There was a point where we were thinking, can you know, can we work it out where Matt can join the band? Because obviously, you know, obviously that Jim and Aaron, you know, known him from way back, and mm. you know, an extra guitar player would be would be awesome. But Matt had other things going on. And, so Matt, you know, Matt, Matt, uh, maybe you can tell this story. Why didn't you join the band? I mean, why didn't you join Salvo? Um, I was in another band at the time I just didn't have enough time to commit to another band so. okay so this is, it was as simple as that it was as simple as that basically okay right. Close. I liked I liked listening to them you're hoping for more but no that's it great it was as simple as it that was just simp- it was just that you didn't have time you were already in another band they were doing well weren't they yeah yeah we were but it was it all came to nothing in the end so this 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 is a band that you toured the country you you did in this band that you were in you played live all over the uk yeah. did you didn't you go into europe as well yeah we played in germany and sweden and and germany and sweden <laughs> <laughs> what was the band called what, what was the band called the kings of leon or something no it? it was the slides oh yeah the slides <laughs> it's <my son. laughs> The slides. My mum yeah. likes Mumford and Sons. Walking with Kings. <laughs> it, was, it, was nearly, it nearly got called Walking with Kings. 
<laughs> Thank goodness that it wasn't. No, really. definitely we <laughs> trying to keep up with them. Uh, yeah. Running after kings. Uh, so, so um, you played bass with the sal- uh, with the, the, the slides. slides. Yeah, I was a bass player. Okay. Well, I was in, I've been in bands with um, Jim and Aaron before. I was in a band called Grandpa Knuckles. Yeah, which, well, I, I was in that band, and you were in that band as well. Band. Yeah. Mm. And that was like a legendary band, I think. That was that was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. the best. Okay, so 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 at this point, my brother has joined the band, and uh, so Aaron was uh, was Salvo better with with Jim in the group? <laughs> oh yeah, it was fantastic. He, uh, you know, Jim was like a, a proper drummer. Um, he could like do a beat, like a beat, you know, just the one. Um, yeah. But it was a very good beat, uh, and he, and he uh, smashed the fuck out of that beat, yeah. <laughs> like infinitely. If we're talking, I think, I think Matt once described Jim as drumming like a metal man falling down the stairs. Okay. Uh, a man made of hammers trying to get into into your house. Wait a minute. It, his drumming style was like a, it was like listening to a man made of hammers trying to get into his own house. No, basically, Jim's, Jim's drumming is like if you're in your house. And there's a man that's made of hammers trying to get in through the front door. Right. Okay. And you've only like got. A, it's like you're, if you if you measure your thigh, if you just like put, wrap your hand round your, your thigh, the top you're... of your top part of your leg, and think of a man whose wrist is as thick as that. <laughs> Wait a minute. If you think of a man who's got wrists that are as thick as as your thigh, Jesus. as the and top it, of your leg. It was like imagine a man with That's wrists what, like that trying to play the drums. That's what Jim's well, drumming style. Was. Them, actually playing them quite well. That was what Jim played drums yeah. like. And I understand it's quite an accurate description of, of what it looks like and sounds Things like. I have actually realised that I do play drums the wrong way. You're supposed to play from your wrists. Like if you look like at some thighs, drummers, so they angle. play very fast and very technical, but they're hardly moving their arms. But I play with my arms like one of those monkeys that play cymbals, you know, <laughs> a cell monkey or whatever, right? I, I play. I've looked on videos and I play with my full arm, which is wrong. Yeah, so you meant to. You meant to keep the arm pretty still and yeah, just and sort of let the wrist wrists. do some yeah, of the work. I, I, I always just played with my arms. So there's a great deal more strength in your shoulders than you, than your wrists. And you know, we didn't get any fucking jazz, 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 jazz tronica out of you. <laughs> but what we got was a good, solid, heavy, thick-set motherfucker of a beat, okay. and that was the, the foundation. That's the rhythmic foundations for well, me learning to play bass. I think like, that's I'm a fucking clue. So wait a minute, you didn't know how to play no, bass? No, no, I hadn't played bass really before at all, and uh, and it was a good, it was a good, solid couple of years of just pounding the crap out of like, you know, good old. Music. Okay, so good Chris, times, good times, good times. Yeah, I think that was the difference. Jim coming on board was it gave us a, a very solid, you know, backbeat. Mm. Literally, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm talking literally here, <laughs> not um, figuratively. Yeah. No, literally, no, you're no, literally no, 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 figuratively. Uh, literally, um, you know, Dave was a great, you know, drummer. No, he, he, couldn't, he can't draw. He, he can't no, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He, 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 you know, he had his ideas and he had great, great musical ideas. Stumpy the pink. guy is, you know, he's he's great as far as it comes to coming up with great musical ideas. That's giving a solid beat, which is kind of what you need in a punk rock band. Um, he wasn't quite there. Okay. Um, so he he came up with a lot of good ideas, which 
Jim was able to, you know, put into practice. You know, he okay. he came up with the drum beats for our first songs. He he, you know, he came up with these mm. rhythms, rhythms that he couldn't himself actually keep. But 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 Jim was, you know, you able know. to do it. Absolutely, yeah. So Jim, uh, how do you respond to all this praise that you're getting as as an amazing uh, sort of foundation? in terms of the rhythm section of this group how do you respond to, to that I'm not used to it it's, they normally just Weird. relentlessly take the piss so I'm Quite very nice. surprised yeah Are and I'm sort of you know waiting for this happiness to turn into slight sort of irritation and then finally hatred did, did what, what um, <laughs> people <laughs> um, people uh, we, we often know that with rock bands there is sort of uh, disagreements there's discord there's arguments was mm. that the case in salvo did you get on with each other all the time or were there problems sometimes there's always arguments in bands but you normally the best way to deal with it is by joking all the time and always taking the piss out of each other and that way it's hard to tell when people are serious and when they aren't which makes it far more complicated and less effective form of communication okay <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know we're not at school here you know you're just you know but really, though, did you argue, or was it, or, or did you not argue? Uh, I think we pretty much agreed. I think we were sort of enjoying it, so we weren't really arguing that much in yeah. the early days, anyway. And then later on, <laughs> things actually, remember. what things went dark? Did they later, or was sure, it all yes. well, later on? Later on, yeah. I mean, um, I don't think we with with when I, I mean personally speaking when Aaron got into the hard drugs like heroin you're joking now <laughs> my listeners don't know when people are joking sometimes and when you start that saying that Aaron was using Luke, heroin it's clearly a joke I will edit that out if you want to go on to the the bigger story we'll get there but okay but I, I just want to say we shouldn't be too pretentious about this even though we're joking no I'm not I'm just yeah. Yeah. Much we should have a have a fucking laugh line. Yeah, but I want to know if you argue. Uh, sorry, okay. So I'll answer the question seriously. I don't think we argued that much. No, I think we were having quite a good time and uh, just having a good laugh line. So we yeah. uh, we tended to agree more or less. If someone had a riff, everyone would just go with it because we didn't really have much material, if any. So all ideas were accepted <laughs> no, all ideas were graciously included and adapted and it wasn't anyone going oh no that's not good enough <laughs> as this should be evident from the recordings <laughs> um, alright should we hear another recording this is one that Matt recorded I expect is that right I wasn't doing that are you, are you doing that I was that, looking Chris? up train times but yeah don't look up train <laughs> rock and roll ladies and gentlemen this is how rock and roll musicians uh, what do you want to hear they drink beer they look up train times can anyone else get the you know like <clears throat> earlier at the, at the practice I found that after doing like a couple of old songs you get like quite a sort of adrenaline rush from it like literally sort of slightly quivery leg from doing it and then <laughs> When you when you just like randomly sort of jamming and like meandering along, you have this slight come down. And I think one of the things that I used to find at practice, but never really realised, was that you had these kind of quite big peaks and troughs between like really hitting it and then really not actually doing anything much. And I find that I find that quite sort of emotionally sort of um, fluk fluctuating so do you know what I mean songs. yes I've never noticed it before like when I only notice it now as a grown up man who's aware of my freaking mood swings or whatever but like you're doing a song it's a freaking great high 
and then you stop and you, you, you know you're a little, little bit kind of like that was fucking great and then you don't do anything for like half an hour you just meander through like a baseline or yeah. whatever it is and it's quite kind of roller coastery. do you know what I mean yeah saying that the, the, play, quite play, emotive kind of ups and downs playing music like that when you put your passion into it it is an emotional experience mm. because when you play a song well and you feel like you've achieved what you yeah. wanted to do it's really exciting and then but there are very frustrating moments where yeah. you're not really achieving what you want yeah, um, so it can be an emotional roller coaster because uh, it's, a that's bit of a, it's, a bit, it's a bit of a kind of in a wanky way it's a bit of an adrenaline high you know and I think maybe at practices I might have come across as quite moody because I was just on a kind of emotional roller coaster just an emotional roller coaster and also people listening probably don't realise even to be in a very 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 average band you have to put in a lot of hours to all play the same thing at the same hey. time and all Mm-hmm. Average white band. I'm not saying we're an average uh, band, but I'm just saying any band. <laughs> people who haven't been in a band probably don't know how many hours you have to put in. Yeah. Learning, relearning, forgetting, forgetting, yeah. learning again. Yeah. Okay. And writing, you know, getting bits right, getting bits wrong, fixing bits, coming back to it. Blah, blah, blah. So, so it was, it, it was, it was pretty yeah. hard work. It's, Are we going to play? It was quite tune? emotional at times. Yeah. We're now going to listen to another song, which was produced by Matt. A track called Bleeding Shins, and uh, if you thought the vocals were distorted, then you, they were because that was intentional. Right. It was it's supposed to sound like that. Um, all right, so that was Bleeding Shins. So, James, how long did you play in the group for, and, and how many gigs did you do? I think I played in the group for about. You don't really remember. A year? This. I think about a year. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I don't know how many gigs, 10, I guess 10 gigs. So um, how how was it generally? How was that year? Great. I mean, I think I was working in Oddbins at the time. That's a wine shop. Wine shop, uh, living in Ealing. But no, it was good. The band was good. Getting out and doing gigs is the best. Yeah. If you're into what, music. Can you just tell me what a typical gig is like? Well, you turn up early, about uh, 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock. Because you have to get all your gear in. You have to sometimes bring amps. There's normally a drum kit there, but you have to bring cymbals and a snare. And you have to set up sound check. And then you run through a sound check with all some other bands that are sort of eyeballing each other, like who are these bunch <laughs> of tossers? You know what are they called? You know the, the you know. And you kind of you kind of bitch about the other bands a bit, but sometimes you get on with them and have a drink with them, and it's quite funny. And you piss around, and there's a lot of waiting around. And then you do your sound check, and you can't really hear what's going on, and the guy probably isn't really paying attention anyway. Then you have to wait around for another four hours, waiting for anyone to actually turn up that yeah. does turn up. And you'd invite all your friends. You'd invite. All... Sometimes they'd all come. Sometimes they wouldn't all come. You know, no, never really yeah. know. Did you often play in front of big audiences? No. 
Um, what, was the, what was the typical number of people in the audience? Well, normally you look around and you think, oh, there's quite a few people here. There's like 20 people here. And then you realise 12 of them are in other bands. Two of them are your mates, and that leaves like two men and a dog. Sort of Who thing. are working in the pub. Yeah. Well, now that comes to... <clears throat> that actually comes to 14 and a dog. <laughs> so you've got like... <laughs> Um, okay, and nice. and so uh, were there, Aaron? Were there any girls on the scene? What on the on the on the yeah, I mean, like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Rock, in, 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 in rock and roll music, you think there's the girls love like rock and roll musicians. So was it a good way to like you know? Meet, oh, there was no groupies, yeah. but there was girls that were in bands. Yeah, but and was it a good way to like get girls? No. Why not? Um, Just was the drummer. Yeah, I mean, you know, as bass player and singer, there was there were opportunities to meet with the, you know, to fraternise with the with the opposite sex um, on several occasions. Well, congratulations, Aaron. Yeah. yeah. Um, All right. So after after this time, I believe that uh, my brother left the group uh, in two thousand and four. Left the country. Not only did he leave the group, he also left the country because he was seeing a girl from New Zealand, Mm. and her visa ran out. And she had to go back to New Zealand. And my brother, being a gentleman, said, I shall accompany you on the plane. And uh, he went is to New Zealand. Dutch? Is he brother Dutch? He's a gentleman. That's, a, that's the way that gentlemen speak. Old Dutch. Yes. Uh, so he went to New Zealand. And you spent two years in New Zealand, didn't mm. you? Yeah. Yep. Can you just... I, yeah, maybe I, should... I, won't, I won't go into it now, but I was in a band. While I'm the, we're on the subject of bands, I was in a band in New cop, Zealand. Cop shopper. Cop car. Cop car. Yeah. They were kind of a pop punk cop. band. A pop punk band, yeah. similar to Salvo ish, maybe? No, a bit more like the modern, more uh, like Green Day, I suppose. Not my kind of thing, but cop. it was good fun, quite good fun to, to keep in a band and keep yeah. playing. And yeah. we played, you know. And you were on TV, weren't you? you? You got on TV. Yeah, we were on TV. And Matt, actually, before I left New Zealand, didn't you say as a challenge you've got to get on yeah, TV? Yeah, that's it. I said you must get right. on TV before you can <laughs> Local return. Local telly. <laughs> before you can return to the UK, you have to get onto uh, Kiwi television. And we did. Well, congratulations. Excess TV, the, the, the show all about uh, like extreme sports, uh, cycling, uh, motor cars. And punk music and skateboarding. skateboarding. So you went to New Zealand and you had a like a great time living down under for a while. Did you wear shoes while you were there? Did no, you wear they, shoes or flip flops? They don't. I never wore flip flops or jandals. They call them. Jandals? No, they call them jandals. I know. Jandals. Australia's jandals. They do call thongs. them thongs, thongs as well. Yeah. yeah. You got thongs. your thongs on. Thongs. Yeah. No, Idiots. I always wear all trainers at all times. Idiots. Okay. And white so, socks. So when Jim left, then Chris and Aaron, when when Jim left. Oh, yeah. What did you do? We shat ourselves. No, what we did is we had you lined up, didn't we? Well, I I was I lined him up for. Exactly. I I realised I had to leave, so then I thought I can't leave the band in the lurch. I'll I'll set Luke up to take over my place. So you just fill in for a couple of weeks, uh, just to smooth the transition. And obviously, yeah. So I already played drums, and I played drums in lots of bands before, and and I knew that uh, my brother was going to New Zealand, of course and that Salvo needed a drummer so I did I decided I'd go down and sort of play with I knew Aaron from college I'd known him for a long time I knew Chris a little bit not very much but uh, I thought I'd go down and I'd play because I thought I'm not in a band I play drums I love playing the drums and I'll go and play with these guys so I went down and I I, uh, played along with you and I sort of how was it for you guys? Awesome can I talk? yes you can talk (laughs) 
Can I talk? Thank You're you. Able, are you still able to talk? Yeah, yeah, no, I need to leave soonish. Okay. But uh, what I want to say is. Uh, <laughs> say, okay. No, we produce our best work, I'd say, probably with you playing drums, and I feel that was largely down to your musical ability. As well, no, no, I'm not. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. You may, may, may mock me, but I think we, you know, by that stage anyway, I think we we'd got to a point where we knew a little bit more about what we were doing mm-hmm. as a band, as in myself and Aaron, and um, we were working quite well together as a as a double act, if you like, and um, and you came along and you could definitely play the drums. And uh, you can probably offer a bit more than just playing drums as well. You, you know, you musically, yes. you had a little bit about more you. Than drums. Yeah. And um, obviously, you know, and then what happened next is we went into we recorded again, again with Matt. Yeah. Can hang, I, hang out with us. Can I say? I, can I just put my you know two cents worth in? You were there. You I, might as well. well. Luke is more of a funk drummer. He's a very very good funk drummer, and I think that came across in the salvo recordings with Luke in them especially that one I think that's called that uh, a million watts a million but watts. Um, that's the best track salvo ever did I think and it's I agree. Luke's yeah. superior drumming skills and the band at their finest okay so I'm going to tell you what it was like from my point of view but first we're going to listen to a million watts which is the second sort of demo I mean, the second de- second demo so second so demo that we recorded so with with Matt right. is there any way um, right? is there any way right Aaron you can put some of the lyrics send them loop some of the lyrics because I think the lyrics yeah, in Salvo yeah, are brilliant I really like the lyrics and like a lot of bands just talk chat shit on the mic do you know what I mean like, I'm like but Salvo have actually got some really, really, really good lyrics. Okay. So I'll put some of the lyrics to these songs on the website. You can find them there. But we're now going to listen to A Million Watts, which was also produced. Uh, oh, we need to play it from the start. Sorry. Yeah, I, I must request. was a million watts um and yeah matt recorded that recorded us on that track um so 
So, you probably want to say something about that song, do you? Or shall what, I? So, what's that song about, Aaron? Let's get to sort of you know. Yeah, tell us about the real lyrics. band stuff. Tell us about the lyrics about. to that first. Uh, um, the lyrics, quite uh, well. It's kind of collage. It's collage lyrics, really. So it's different ideas taken from different things, sort of stuck together. So there isn't really any clear meaning behind the song. It's 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 um, horribleness of um, um, injustice or something weird. Okay, all right. Um, can I just say that people listening to that might not have been able to hear the words. I mean, you can definitely hear the. Well, if you listen really were, carefully, you can really, hear it. But it wasn't really the words were kind of um, very um, secondary to the sort of the the, the degree of uh, energy and noise in the in the, in the music as a whole. So the the, the, lyri- the lyrics are I, I almost treated the lyrics like a percussive thing, right? Um, <laughs> almost yeah, like exactly influenced by yeah. hip hop at all. Um, yeah, I'd I'd agree. I'd agree because they're not yeah. sung; they're more shouted in rhythm. Yeah. They're a rhythmical device but but with, uh, odd, yeah. odd words would come through like plug me into a million yeah. what's of fun I mean that's kind of dark yeah we're like we're like that close to rapping well, <laughs> but we're not rapping do you know what I mean it's like it is that you know that's what it is though but it's like it's it's pretty intense it's intense vocals and that's what it is and that's what I mean I personally believe that is our best mm. example of vocals on any of our tracks the way that it counterbalances between myself and Aaron, call and response going for well. exactly, call it's, and response, it's yeah. call and response, and um, and I mean that's all down to Aaron. That, you know, the, he came up with all that those lyrics, and they're brilliant. Mm. And, and a lot of the words used to cross over each other. Like Aaron and Chris would speak different lines, yeah, and they'd start at different points, and they quite often cross over each other. So you'd have two people shouting two different lyrics at the same time. Which is really weird. I never heard that done anywhere. What was great? But it sounds it? like a, a weird collagey sort of mass which hits peaks and troughs and stuff. And really good. But it was very difficult to do. But you know, after practice, we we got it. And the the thing was for me, I'd, I'd write I'd write the lyrics. I'd write Chris's lyrics, and Chris would write my lyrics when he wrote a song as well. I'd write the the the, the changes on a on a bass, um, just on a bass, and write the lyrics to the bass. And write it all out, take it to practice, and you just had this like really bare bone structure of a song, and you didn't really know what was going to change in it or what was going to happen. And then the best, well, the, all of the songs that we did for me, anyway, the best songs that we did for me were the songs that we just kind of hung, um, yeah. hung all the sound over <laughs> yeah. and the music, and and you know, a song that you thought might be quite good if you just played it with other people you take it to practice and you play it and like you teach it to everyone and they change the whole thing into this like ridiculously um, massive sound that you could never have even perceived and all of these mental changes and things that you know that you know you both did on drums in terms of like just little shifts and stuff and the things that Chris would do with feedback and, and it all just it was just amazing to do that like to take a fucking Weird, intricate thing like <laughs> the bones of the thing that you'd written, just like yeah. just hear it realised by these other people was one of the yeah. most creative things that I've ever done. I think yeah. it was it was lovely. From from my point of view, as Jim said, my musical sort of taste was slightly different. So I didn't, I was never really 
into I, I liked punk music but I was never really into it in the same way as you guys maybe and so I always wanted to play in a sort of jazz funk bands so I've never managed I've done that a bit in Japan but I never really managed to do it so joining Salvo was kind of like it was different for me I sort of saw it as a really like experimental thing and a bit of a challenge to see if I could drum like that and I, I had to work quite hard to not only keep up with the tempo because it was extremely fast and hard work like I used to pour buckets of sweat not only at band practices but especially at gigs at the end of a 40 minute gig I would be soaked from head to toe in my own sweat just from working so damn hard in this band I, 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 you, you guys worked me to the to the limit you know you <laughs> really did I think I think what I think we developed as as a band and you know we weren't just a straightforward one two three four punk rock band I wouldn't want to do that as much as I like that I, I wouldn't want to just do your standard punk band now no it's no so no boring. But the, the point I'm making is that at the time you know Luke was Luke was there sorry and and it worked really well because he could he did. He did that, and he did those drum tracks well, for us, and they were they worked. Yeah. Because exactly. gene- genetically, he's fairly similar to Jim. <laughs> so there's genetically, they're very similar. No, uh-huh. yeah, so uh-huh. no, I think there might be a connection that, like, you know, it's Luke could play. But Luke, wait, 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 let Matt talk. Sorry, Luke could play. Luke could play the beats uh, and had his own vibe, but genetically very similar so the beats were quite similar as well really and the music didn't change I don't think I, I think it kind of developed a bit but it didn't fundamentally change at all it was just okay. like an evolution sort of thing uh, um, I'm very grateful for Luke uh, joining the band because I know um, at the time um, you were you, I think you were possibly a little bit reluctant because we were a little bit sort of established or not established you know we weren't like doing the circuit but you know Jim was going off and I know that at the time you know Jim asked asked, I think Jim asked you to sort of you know take over in the band and we wanted you to join and you were slightly reluctant at the time but you did it and I think you did it out of brotherly love if I'm honest Um, and then you kind of you know turned up and like just transformed our songs into these like ridiculously edgy like like funk workshops Fucking numbers. It? it was great. It was it's, brilliant. To me, that it's your fault. You, you know, you may have wanted just to come in and help out, but actually, what happened is you came in and um, you kind of took over as a drummer. Yeah, you, know? you took over everything. I didn't mean to. You know, I, no, I no, just no, wanted no, to play drums, but but, 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 you, but, but you may have wanted just so like, good. yeah, I can help out here. But um, you should like still be drumming all the time. But your drumming was excellent, and it really suited what we did with the next lot of tracks that we did. And and there you go. That track that we listened yeah. to a million watts actually was the one that I liked the most. And actually, that's the only one that's recorded that we produced that we wrote uh, no, that was written not. that was written when I was in no, the band. No, oh, there are others, customs maybe customs. or something like that. No, but we we were working on customs when I was still in the band. I'm sure. Maybe. In his early I, I, I just remember that a million watts is the only one that maybe. I had some input in on the on the whole uh, structure of it, like the little gap. Yeah, that was my idea. That was uh, uh, that's my, it. That's my contribution. Well, that gap, you know, that gap, it's it's my, gap makes the songlining as well. It's like a good part of the song. 
Well, obviously, there, there has to be music there in the first place for it to st- then stop. Yeah, you can't just you have know. a gap on it. So you can't. No music on either <laughs> side of it. So I wasn't responsible for all of it. I was that. Obviously, the music was there and then it stopped and then it came on and it continued. Um, for me, it was like, it was brilliant. It was it was amazing. I loved I loved oh, I the practices. It. I yeah, yeah, I did. I, I really did. It, I, have to, it. I have to say, it was it was quite hard work. You know, yeah. it, it wasn't always the sort of music that I that I was like thinking about all the time. I mean, I was my I would listen to sort of ambient music or or funk music or something. And so salvo the salvo type songs or punk stuff wasn't on my iPod, mm. but. Um, I, I tried to bring in my own thing, but it was it was quite hard work because. Uh, did you think of it as a punk band? Did you think Salvo were a punk band? Yeah, definitely. I did think they were. Well, I, no, I actually no. I I didn't think of them as a punk band. I'm just saying that because I can't think of another word. But I I thought of them as just a, a loud, heavy, fast band with with um, a sort of. I, I always had this idea of the sort of American punk scene in my head, mm. uh, and also I wanted it to be more. Um, broad sort of musically I did um, yeah. but I knew that essentially the thing about it was that it was uh, heavy sort of very fast and, and really hardcore <laughs> well, that's what kind they call of it hardcore, hardcore music yeah it, it was but to it, me it always had a little bit of uh, Motorhead it was like half Fugazi and half Motorhead and a little bit of Nirvana I yeah. think that's what was really good about Salvo that you couldn't fit it into a genre it was its own thing and I think if you guys had been more kind of if you wanted to take it further you could have done I really do yeah. I think there was a massive there'd be a market for it and it's totally different to any other any other band really at this point can I just say that how when I, when it, when I left the group I felt extremely sort of upset about sort of doing it uh, oh, really? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was difficult. It was difficult to do because, and it, it was quite. An emo- it was quite an emotional what, what? time. That the I left because um, I just. Dis- why did I leave? No, I decided that that that, that I couldn't You're do it anymore. Again. I just decided I couldn't do it anymore. I can't remember exactly the the reasons around it, but um, Manchester. But yeah, we went to Manchester oh, to do a music oh, okay. uh, a music oh, okay. uh, con- yeah, uh, festival, what happened in Manchester. and we performed in the music Manchester. festival. But after slogging it out, and we gigged really regularly, we were gigging mm. sort of like once every week or once every two weeks, and you know we, we pushed it really hard. But I, I, but, like but, but I think in the end, I just I went on to do my Delta, which you is a, yeah, yeah, a, a postgraduate course, and I had to spend most of my time on that. So I had to say to the guys, I can't practice because I'm doing the Delta, and so I had to leave the group. But it was difficult. So, I, although I left the group, I haven't now left. We're still in this room together. But what did you do after after I I left and went on to become uh, the world's greatest English teacher, yeah. <laughs> uh, internationally famous Give teacher of English? Uh, okay, what what happened next, Chris? What after you left? How, how devastated were you when I when I left? <laughs> we were we were broken as a band. Should we be honest about it? Yeah, this? yeah. Okay, yeah. It wasn't. Entirely about years, entirely about you know, mm. all about all of us. And uh, to be honest, you had we knew we knew that you had stuff to do. You had to, you know, you were, you had plans. And basically, what happened is we, you know, we went off. We, you know, we went off and we did gigs. We played in Manchester. And what happened in Manchester? But what happened in Manchester was basically we ended up doing a very good gig we had good fun we hang out with lots of bands and shit and everything it was all very good and uh, essentially 
alcohol. We yeah, we had a few beers, and what happened is Luke sort of said, "Look, I'm not going to be around for that much longer because I need to do this stuff, this course, this qualification." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for you, for your career, basically. So Luke said that, and you know, Aaron didn't take it too well. No, I didn't. Uh, I didn't take it too well either, and. But that was beside the point. Um, none of us took it too well. It was a shame because we had such a good, we had such a good, we had such good fun going up to Manchester and playing these gigs and hanging out and stuff. We had great fun and it was brilliant. And I couldn't think of any better way to end that period of salvo, to be honest. And the way the way it ended is, you know, Luke had to do other stuff and and that's it and and that's how we saw it and then yeah it went from being a thing that you could just rope your friends into doing it ceased to be something I was there, we've run out of friends oh you know, yeah <laughs> it, was, <laughs> run out of it, it was no it was it was wasn't it okay alright and you know it was it was very important to, to me personally that it was friends. it was a fun it thing was. and it was a thing you did with your mates and I think as soon as we started having to like um, get someone rehearse drummers it just it stopped like being of any interest to me because it was just a mate thing with like people that you like hanging out with like rather than just like hanging out and doing something else like not <laughs> doing anything you're hanging out and you're like doing a band and and uh, playing music and, and like like we did tonight we just like hung out for four freaking hours and mm. like you know some of what we did was amazing some of it was shit but it was like a really good thing to do rather than just sit in a pub we could have sat in a pub for four hours yeah. or we could have like True. hung out Pubs here for four <laughs> hours and we didn't we went and played freaking music and that's amazing yeah. and I think once it Pops stopped being off. that once it stopped being like mates that I knew from home and, and Chris you know, yeah. and Chris <laughs> <laughs> well you weren't a mate from, from back home it was just, just these oh, I was the literally like Auditioning drummers, it's like nah, this, it was this, fuck that shit. One more thing, one more thing. You know, when we drove up to Manchester, it was brilliant. We had a great time, but we spent money doing that. We paid our own money to do that, and yeah. we paid our own time. And I just at that point, I thought <laughs> I'm never going to take this seriously because it was only ever a freaking great fun thing to do, mm. and I'm not going to like spend money and, and spend time on on doing this when I could do something else. I'm quite precious about my time, you know. Yeah, and. Um, as great as it was I just thought I don't, I don't want to get into that position that you know other people are in that's like this is going to be my life I'm brilliant I deserve to be a freaking musician you know I fucking hated all that there were people around us all the time you know when we were playing in London that were like that it's just like yeah um, I deserve to be a, a brilliant famous musician so I'm just going to keep trying to do it and fuck everything else it's such a blinkered way of living you know and um, I didn't like any of that I just wanted to have fun yeah. And when it's when it even glimmered at the prospect of not being like that, I just wanted to get out. Okay. All right. So, so you you auditioned. Uh, you want? Do you want to say something, Matt? Yeah, I have an interesting salvo fact. Can I just before you do that? Can I just establish where we are in the story? So we've had um, we've had we started off with with Dave, uh, but he you know uh, was a friend and he was like very musically conscious, but not the greatest drummer and then Jim came in and he sort of really established the sort of foundation rhythmically I then joined and I sort of brought something else to it and uh, and we, we, we gigged a bit more seriously and then after I stopped uh, you then had to audition drummers and you, you eventually found a guy called Ben but yeah. we're going we're gonna to talk about Ben in a moment and that's going to bring us pretty much to the end of the story I think um, and so but Matt's got an interesting salvo fact 
Yeah, uh, Aaron mentioned earlier that um, the, this whole thing about a band with friends, and we're all we all go back a long way and went to the same college. And Chris, Aaron met uh, later at work, but through absolutely freak coincidence, me and Chris went to the same school many years before. <laughs> really? So that is the connection that Chris is somehow also one of the mates from back home. Because Secret, all, roads yeah. leads, all, road lead, yeah. all roads leads back back to uh, Essex apparently. Or, or Salvo. I think all roads lead to, lead to <laughs> Salvo in this, in this case. Odd, a very odd coincidence though, isn't it? It's very odd. So we now got to the point where you auditioned some drummers. It was a bit of hard. It, it was a bit annoying because you, you didn't know these guys and you had to then bring them into the band. Yes. All right. So, but you find a guy called Ben uh, who's from Newcastle. Is that Look, right? Well, yeah, Doncaster, I think. Basically. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Don't don't insult him with Newcastle. Um, yeah, Doncaster. Um, love absolutely lovely guy. Really good guy. Yeah. 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 And, uh, we tried to write some new songs, um, and we did write a few, uh, maybe yeah. two, three more songs with Ben. And um, they yeah, weren't. We did. We did. We they did. weren't. It wasn't the same chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't the same chemistry. And I have to say, Ben was like one of the nicest people I've ever met. He yeah. was called. He was from Darlington, yeah. um, near Newcastle, and um, people used to call him Mr Cuddles because he'd give you a big hug when he saw you he was a little guy but he'd give you a you know, big hug and he was just a fucking great guy wasn't yeah, he yeah. Then? Absolutely. and he could drum really well and he really liked the band and he was really into the same kind of music as us and um, we did we did like three or four gigs and we, we wrote a few songs but the, the, it wasn't it just I don't know I can't explain it the chemistry was not the same there wasn't the same it was still really funny, and I think he had a really fun time. But I don't really hear from him now. He's um, in Australia. He's yeah. since moved off to Australia. But the thing, I mean, he was—he was a great guy. He was good fun. He was good fun was for the band. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and he worked really well. But um, I feel sorry for him because. I don't, I don't feel sorry for him he's in fucking Australia hey, I don't feel sorry for him at all alright so now he's sitting in the sunshine right now why would you feel sorry for him so on reflection now Chris you've got like a child and everything and you know it's like we've moved we've all moved on to different things uh, what what what, uh, what, does, what does it mean to you now then briefly there's so much you can do but then life gets in the way and being in Salvo was awesome. I know I loved it. You know, I loved it when everyone else loved it as well. Yeah. I didn't love it when everyone else hated it. I don't think we hated it really. No, but I didn't like it when everyone found it a bit awkward, which you know happened. Yeah. You know, there's no denying it. There's no point pretending to deny yeah. it. Yeah. You know. And it is what it is, and it was really good fun for a while. I need to go home. Yeah. Well, right now. Um, right now. Right Shall I pause this and then uh, uh, we can just say sort of see you later? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pause it because uh, we can let Chris go properly. So I'm going to pause this. We'll be back. Oh, surely not. Really? Okay, so Chris has gone home now. But um, so I, before we bring this to a close, finally, I'd like to just ask my brother about the name. How did um, Salvo get its name then? Well, we were just talking about this, and we can't quite remember, but I think I came up with the name, I think, because I've always liked kind of Spanish sort of Latin-type words, and I used to have a T-shirt company called Diablo, which sounds really cheesy, but I just like that kind of short, concise, 
name looks good on a graphic and salvo means a volley of shots it's like a war like a salvo of cannons like it's a all, round of cannon fire but it also means other things it's also it? a Spanish word isn't it I mean do you know about this Matt being a Spanish speaker yeah. <laughs> yeah. you're partially Spanish so you should be able to answer this question about uh, Spanish linguistics and the etymology of the word salvo so our resident expert <laughs> on Spanish is now going to deal with this what does salvo mean in, in Spanish Matt I think salvo in Spanish means the same as it does in English I think it means a volley of, of, of fire, I there's think. There's a battleship move. So, yeah. like when it, when battleships all shoot their so guns all battle at the same time, it's a, it's, a, it's a salvo of of. Yeah, of, a of, a of fire. In battleships, the game battleships, you you can play like a salvo of shots at the same time. Yeah. Also, when in real battleships, when they shoot their guns all at the same time, it's known as a salvo. But isn't there a yeah. fruit and veg distribution outfit in London called yeah. Salvo? As yeah, well. we also have seen Salvo in various other places. Like Apparently there's a, a, a food delivery service in Italy yeah. or, or, or no, it's somewhere. In it's, uh, there's a, an Italian um, caterers, basically wholesale caterers called Salvo, and you see their vans flying around London. So. Well, I've seen those vans. I, I was in Rome and I saw Salvo written on the back of a van in Rome. And, and uh, that made, you know, I just thought, wow, Salvo in Rome. You know, we finally made it. But it wasn't us. It was a, it was a food delivery company. You know, Salvo is a volley of fire. You know, it's a, you know, there's loads of bullets or something coming in your direction if you're British or allegedly Spanish, but also if you're Italian, <laughs> Latin, if you're Latin, I say allegedly Spanish because I think salvo actually means in Spanish sanctity, Salvation. as in the the, the uh, Latin uh, uh, salvatarum. Sal- we don't know Latin; Sal- we're just Salva- making it up. Salvatorium. Salvatorium. There is, is Spanish in 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 Spanish salvo uh, means. It was as a verb to save is salvar, and salvo means I saved. It's just a, it's con- a conjugation of the verb. Okay, so it's but like only save. goalkeepers can use it. It's okay, <laughs> okay, all right. So I think we, we need to finish this uh, because it's getting late, and uh, you know we just have to f- end the story of, of salvo as it stands now. Um, well, salvo, you know, I, I have a, a very sort of a passionate love. Um, for, for the band and, and for, the, for the kind of racket that we made and it was a, a real um, pleasure to play with people that could play instruments and that understood you know that kind of sound and could um, just introduce a, a great level of like weird funk into um, heavy music it was fucking great fun basically and um there is no salvo. There will no. There will never be a sort of salvo again. But um, I quite like to sort of play music with the people that I've played music with before again at some point. Mm. And that's it, really. Fucking great times. Good fun. Okay, Jim. Do you want to say something at the end? Um, no. It's probably not that interesting listening to us all talk about ourselves. But if you're interested in music, you should start your own band. It's the best way to learn. It's the quickest way to learn because you're under pressure because you have to play gigs if you've got any fire in your belly. Um, and join a band. Start a band now, you twats. Yeah. Pick up a guitar. You, you only need two to three chords. You don't even need that. You could probably one. just do one chord. You don't even need chords. 
Just play single notes. It doesn't matter. Just, you just a guitar. Just, just you don't even need a guitar. Just make get in a get in a room. Oh, and read some, some things you should read. Um, the, what's it called? The KLF book, the manual by KLF. You can Google it. You can find it online. It's free. The KLF, the manual, and that's like a manual for how to come up with a pop band, isn't it? Yeah, it's a number. It's different to what we were doing, but it's how to have a number one hit single. Okay, it's just funny. It just popped into my head, but just get it. Okay. download it and read it KLF The Manual yeah. you can find it online if yeah. you're interested in that kind of thing which you probably should be because it's somehow extremely important it's just the essence yeah um, and, and Matt do you have anything to say at the end here um, yeah I think Salvo should reform maybe do another gig uh, they shouldn't have split up in the first place I think yeah. it was a great original band um, who should, they, who should they, be the drummer yeah, I don't. I don't care. It doesn't matter, does it? You're gonna. You're gonna <coughs> Luke's in France. Second, second Ben's time. in Australia. Um, I think that Jim is in London. You got uh, one you, thing that I just like to say. I always wanted Salvo. There was one thing that I wanted Salvo to do that, that we never did was to have a second guitarist. We were always a three piece, and there were always you know <coughs> there were always like opportunities to have another guitarist. And we did some Salvo songs earlier tonight with a second guitarist and it sounded freaking meaty like mm. super freaking heavy and um, that was really nice yeah. well, the recordings have two guitarists on as well they're all double tracked guitars two guitar tracks and that's why the sound on the recordings is like that because there's two guitars there's two actually guitars guitars it's, it's Chris playing both there parts is on that yeah. anthology page there are the live tracks as well which are genuine straight off the desk Mm -hmm. recordings so if you want to hear what we actually sounded like listen to the live ones as well okay right uh, for me I'd say that you know I, I can't really add anything more I think um, everyone has summed it up very nice. I nicely. think this is going to be really boring I, I, yeah to. we're all wondering if people listening to Luke's English podcast will have listened to all of this um, I think if you have listened to all of this then well, well done well done just get a life what are you doing with your life Go out, meet someone. Just turn off your computer. Seriously. But James, do you know that people can be listening to this outside? You know, they've got it on their headphones. Oh, so good. They're not, they're well, not indoors. They're not indoors. Okay, well, I'll take that back. Put it on pause. Could be go swimming. and meet someone. Have sex. Have a cup of coffee. That's, and then carry on listening to it. In that order. Really, in that order. That's a really uh, brilliantly uh, unbarbaric way of looking at the world, isn't it? Okay, oh, let's not have an argument. Stop. Do not have an argument. This is how Salvo this, this, ended. This is exactly what caused Salvo to to to, to dis, self destruct. One of is were arguments about arguments yeah. about the meaning of life and about uh, each other's personalities. But it was all you know. It was, yeah, is that that kind of thing? It's exactly this type of time of the evening when that sort of thing happens. But anyway, it's been emotional, mm. and uh, I think uh, that's been a great interview. And if you have listened to all of this. Then I think we'll we'll just say I'd like hello. To say very with sorry. <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd just like to say Salvo isn't about music. Congratulations, Salvo's Salvo for the people. Salvo's Salvo for the children. Salvation, brother. Salvo isn't about music. Salvo's about friends. Yeah, and it always will That's be. True. That's true. It's always about people. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded disappointed. I don't know why. It was a joke. You can't explain the joke. Sometimes it's just a joke, isn't it? You can try. I mean, you know bloke's in a bar right and he's having a pint and a monkey there's an organ right there <laughs> okay. we'll have to come back to episodes about jokes in I the future I didn't hear that joke earlier is this the one it's about crap. the 20 pounds well, I've got a joke an apple and a pear walk into a pub 
the pear goes to the apple, you're round. Uh, hey! I have a joke. Uh, two snowmen in a field standing next to each other. One says to the other one, Can you smell carrot? Uh, okay, a, a sandwich a sandwich and a hamburger walk into a pub, the barman says, Sorry, mate, we don't do food. We don't serve food. <laughs> <laughs> well, Can you edit that? No, I can't edit that. Um, we one, don't serve food. Two blondes walk into a bar, they forgot to duck. Alright, okay. Why, why was six afraid of uh, seven? Because seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Jim hasn't got it yet. <laughs> he's like, seven, eight, nine. I was never very good at maths. That's, that's absolutely what he's correct. Seven, eight, nine. That's fucking I clever. I get it. Of course I fucking get it. And I think on that on note... That, <laughs> <laughs> on that note... I've got, got one. I've got one. There was... Uh... This man sees a sign. Talking dog, £20. Did you no, hear about I will do that one later. Huh? Did you hear about the clairvoyant midget that escaped from prison? <laughs> no, I, no, I didn't. Um, police said there was a small medium at large. <laughs> <laughs> a small, small medium at large? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> my what listeners, my listeners are thinking what's going on. Midget. I don't understand this. It's a kind of midget. It's a kind of midget. <laughs> Ooh, midget. Ooh, Great solo in that. It's a kind of midget. <laughs> if any midgets are listening to this, then we're deeply uh, hello. sorry. Hello, and we're sorry about all of this. Big up your chest. Sorry, that was a bit inappropriate. Was it? Um, anyway, on this rather inappropriate and slightly offensive and just confusing note, this is British humour, what's happening here. That's why you're confused. I wouldn't call it humour. Well, it's drunk, it's, it's, drunken it's, it's, humour. It's sort of slightly drunken humour. So. Humour's pushing it. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's an attempt <laughs> at humour. Somewhere. Yeah. Okay. I mean, well, well, okay, we've got to stop. Um, it's been great it's been emotional it's been amazing it's been amazing it's been absolutely stupendous and can I just say Luke's got this brand new recording device the Zoom 2000 and don't touch it it's, it's greasy it's amazing it looks like the flux capacitor out of um, Back to the Future Back to the Future crossed with a taser crossed yeah. with uh, a vaporiser and it's and it is that powerful ladies and gentlemen it looks like um, a, a it's heavy of... that's the important thing it's yeah. heavy which is, you know, not in a hippie speak. I'm not talking about heavy, <laughs> It's literally heavy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's literally like, heavy. It's given us a really bad no, time now. It's a heavy vibe, really heavy. It's a heavy vibe. It looks like it, it can also, like, dust and maybe hoover. I, I haven't checked all the settings yet, but... What uh, comes out of these bits here? Nothing Fire? comes out of those Fire? bits. No, no, so sound goes into Lasers? those Lasers? Sound goes into... Those are the <laughs> microphones. <show. laughs> those are the microphones. That's where the sound goes in. Okay, right. and, and and right now I'm going to have to say some words into those microphones. Turn order, it off in order to stop this. Uh, bye, bye, again. bye, 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 bye. Yeah, see my brother making fun <laughs> of Luke's English podcast. <laughs> You're not the, you know, you think he's clever, don't Sorry. you, doing that? But uh, it's true, it is quite clever because I don't know why I go bye, bye, bye at the end. Should I, should I stop doing that, James? I think yeah, you just do it. Then should call it quits. Well, anyway, we're we'll going to say Tyler. goodbye. This is, rap- this is Luke After Thompson wrapping up Luke's English podcast. It's been a wonderful evening. Thanks to Salvo. Thanks for everyone. I'm going to say a few more words just to say thank you. Thanks a lot. Donate some money. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks again for listening to Luke's English podcast. For more information, you can visit teacherluke.wordpress.com. Hold up. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.